0: hello folks this is chopping it up with cj i'm your host chris james and this is the 2022 nfl draft recap show on the show i'll be going over the nfc and afc east teams Uh, what i'll be doing is just assessing each draft not giving a grade but just looking over who was drafted by each team uh kind of where they look to slot in from a depth chart perspective with the current rosters and give my kind of outlook on how each team did again not really giving out grades as much as just seeing if i could align with what the thought process was for each team uh, for those of you all who are new to the show uh, you can follow me on twitter for the best football related content uh, my handle is at cj florida nine that's at cj the entire state of florida spelled out and the number nine uh, generally what happens on the show during the season is i cover three different uh views and three different shows on a weekly basis i have Weekside wednesdays that's where i discussed the prior week's games it's was news and notes uh, that I feel um, really should be covered. Turf Talk Thursdays—that's where I go over the upcoming week schedule, as well as uh, give fantasy football advice on that Thursday night game, and you know, maybe some betting odds for those folks who like to participate in that. And then I have Fantasy Football Fridays—that's where I cover the rest of the games, the fantasy football slate, rankings for the upcoming week, uh, just items like that. So again, I'm looking to wrap up the 2022 season uh the 2022 draft sorry about that folks i'm gonna be doing one also to finish things out i believe for the north teams will be the last one but again doing the east teams today all right so we're gonna go ahead and jump in uh on this we're gonna start with the dallas cowboys now that's pretty much the team that moves the needle for a lot of different networks i know that espn loves them so much even though to be honest the hell cares that's just my opinion on the Dallas Cowboys they have fans but only because TVs in the 70s only played them the Steelers and sometimes I guess the Broncos at some point in time but again moves the needle for some networks maybe you should try something different maybe you'll get a, a wider net but it's just an opinion um so we're gonna start with the Dallas Cowboys in the draft this year I think they had nine selections um in the first election first round uh, Tyler Smith off of tackle out of Tulsa. As I discussed on the show where I covered the entire first round, this guy who for some people might've been slotted a little bit lower, including myself than a first round pick, but he fits what the Dallas Cowboys want to do. And I also discussed proximity with Tulsa being not too far away from, uh, Dallas and the facility and people might have been able to see him multiple times, uh, compared to some other guys in different parts of the country, like Washington or Pennsylvania. So he's going to fit him well. He's got a little bit of nasty to him. can run block, uh, Left tackle, but he could slide in on the right side depending on how they uh, look to deploy him uh, in this upcoming season. Uh, He could even possibly slide in at guard, but I think he's probably going to end up playing right tackle. That's just my opinion in this scenario. Second round, they went after Sam Williams, Uh, kind of a rush end outside linebacker, hybrid type guy out of Ole Miss. I think that he's going to be one of those guys that will fill in for the loss of a guy like Randy Gregory, uh, free agency gonna be able to get up the field uh he's not as polished as some of the other guys that were in this class but he's got some quickness to his game he's able to get up the field get past and really force the quarterback and worst back into the pocket and so he can be a good situational rutcher to start his career uh jalen tobert wide receiver out of southern alabama a great top end speed uh burner he's uh He's going to fit in well. I think he'll take over for what Cedric Wilson was doing out there on the field. Not really going to take over for Amari Cooper. That's big shoes to fill. But uh, it's going to be, uh, I think that I think James Washington was actually signed to the roster off the top of my head. Um, so, so like I said, I think he'll end up filling in uh, more of the Amari Cooper role in some respects early on. While you get a guy like Jalen Tober who can contribute uh, immediately on the... For, for the Cedric Wilson role until Michael Gallup comes back completely healthy. Then um, going to the fourth round, they got Jake Ferguson, tight end out of Wisconsin. I like making this move. They need, they, this is one of those teams that looks to shuffle a lot of what they do, especially with tight ends. Now they have a, a gluttony of tight ends on their roster with Dalton Schultz. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle still is floating around there, but at the same point in time, there's nothing wrong with taking good talent where you get it. Um, this was about right. Uh, I, I felt like he's going to be a 4th to 6th round pick, so 4th round, late in the 4th round, 24th overall pick is fine in my opinion. They go after another offensive lineman. Matt Walsko, uh, Walsko, Sorry, Welzko out of North Dakota, don't have familiarity here to be able to really give uh, an overview on this one. I think they what they're doing more than anything, more than anything, is that they're trying to address that offensive line. They want to make sure that things are fine there. They know that's where things fell apart. Tyron Smith, who's been Uh, An all-pro caliber player for them for the better part of a decade is getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, I think he was a 2011 draft class pick first round. So you got to bring in guys. Try to fill as much as feasibly possible here. Uh, Daron Bland, cornerback out of Fresno State. Another guy who's just going to kind of fit their mold as far as a good tall corner. You know, they're going to play that Dan Quinn. Uh... 4-3 4-3 attacking defense with corners who can uh, go and attack the ball in the air and can be physical at the point of attack uh, against uh, defensive player, or against, uh, wide receivers, I should say. So he fits what they want and getting him in the fifth round makes some sense. Um, next up is Damone Clark, uh, linebacker out of LSU. One of the things that LSU has been doing for years is LSU has been recruiting guys who played safety in high school and moving them to linebacker, guys who played cornerback in high school, moving them to safety. And Damone Clark is one of those guys who is a speed guy, uh, can run side to side. Uh, He's he's not the best in coverage, but what he's going to do is fly around and make things difficult for the opposition. You know, uh, Dallas not too far from LSU. I mean, I think they took uh, Jabril Cox last year in the draft. So, you know, they like those LSU players and he's going to come in and be another active guy who's going to fill in pretty nicely in the rotation uh, at that linebacker position, middle linebacker, inside linebacker type position. Next up, they have John Ridgway, defensive tackle out of Arkansas. He's going to be a guy who can play in kind of shady. He can also play, also play the nose, going to be a run defender, a guy who's going to allow for the other guys to fly around and really negatively impact the, op, the opposing offensive line. He's going to be able to hold up in the run game, someplace where the Cowboys didn't necessarily struggle, but at the same point in time, they weren't great at being a run defense last year. And then last but not least, another inside linebacker guy, Devin Harper. Now, I don't have as much familiarity with Devin Harper uh, as I do with some of the other players. Did not scout him this year. Uh, It looks like they're just trying to make sure that that defense, especially in the interior, is taken care of. And one of the reasons they may be doing that is because they expect to use Micah Parsons as more of a move piece uh, on the defensive side of the ball. That's usually something that you hear associated with a wide receiver, tight end, someone on the offensive side. I use it as a person on the defense that does not have a specialized position. Jalen Ramsey is a high-end move piece who is an excellent uh, matchup corner, but you can put him in the slot. You can even put him at uh, safety if you need to, uh, kind of a a hybrid linebacker in a dime defense, things like that. Uh, A situation where what you wanna do as you can use that guy to negatively impact the opposition. And that's what Parsons was used as last year. So they're trying to probably fill holes to make sure that's not going to negatively impact them in the 2022 season. Um, I think overall, the Cowboys at least understood what the assignment was more than some other teams may have in this draft. They knew that the offensive line was an issue. They also knew that they did need to get a pass catcher. Now, Jalen Tobert, it may have been a little bit too early for him. But at the same point in time, who am I to say that? this was the wrong pick for them. I'm not that guy who's going to say that. They also realized that that linebacker level, especially on, uh, with, with, uh, inside linebackers is someplace that they had to go after. We don't know what's going to happen with Leighton Vander Esch. And again, Micah Parsons was very useful when they were able to deploy him in multiple places, depending on the team that they were playing against. So we're going to move on to the New York football giants. And they had, a, a an, early in the draft, Uh, I was there first round, first night on Thursday, and they knocked it out the park, man. Um, They had two top 10 picks, and I think they did an excellent job with uh, addressing areas of need. One need with, again, bringing in a guy to be their defense coordinator, Wayne Martindale. They knew what they were going to need from the perspective of, of both the offensive line needing to improve, but also on the defensive side of the ball being able to get active guys to get pressure and they did that early on in the draft by getting Kayvon Thibodeau uh, tied for my number one overall player in this draft class they get him with the fifth pick he just fell into their lap and instead of passing on him and allowing themselves to make a mistake they end up getting uh, a great guy who's going to fit really well into what they want to do an attacking style of defense he's not going to have to have an an immense amount of uh, counter moves early on. He's just gonna to have to be able to get after the quarterback and be a disruptive force. Evan Neal, they took with the seventh overall pick out of Alabama. Expect Evan Neal to come in and slot in on that right side, allowing Andrew Thomas to stay at the left tackle uh, position. And I think that's a good pickup. Um, they get a guy who's gonna be very versatile and if anything does happen to where he had to move to the left side if Thomas went down or they feel like he's just better, he can actually fill that role. Wondell Robinson is a second round pick out of Kentucky. Now, some people said it was way too early and that's possible and it's fine if you believe that but at the same point in time the giants are in my opinion employing a situation where they want to use a guy that they thought they got last year they thought they got this almost exact guy in Kadarius tony last year so a guy who can help in the return game if necessary a slot receiver who they can utilize and deploy in multiple ways we don't know what's going to happen with tony tony's had a lot of issues he had issues coming in off the field and he's still had some issues and we know the talent's there, but we don't know how his staying power is going to be in the NFL if he can't get some of those things figured out. So they bring in Wondell Robinson, a guy who, honestly, I wish he went to a team that would actually deploy him in multiple places. San Francisco would have been perfect for him, in my opinion, because, again, even though he's undersized, he is what people think D. Bill Samuel should have been or is being utilized as. You know, He's only 5'8", like 180, but the thing is, he's a running back by nature, in my opinion, who can play wide receiver. Uh, Devo Samuels is a wide receiver by nature who can play running back. That's just the, the, the caveat and the difference between the two of them. Next up, they got Joshua Zedu out of North Carolina. An offensive guard out of North Carolina. Now, again, they're looking to fix that line. They're looking to figure out what they're going to be able to do. Uh, remember, they made some level of mistake uh, getting Will Hernandez. He didn't fit what was going to be the long term, especially since now they've switched and moved on to Brian Dable. So you find out that you need uh, some more guys that are gonna work out in the scheme that has been set forth with your new staff. And uh, they feel like this young man is gonna be helpful. This one is gonna be a reach, and this is gonna sound weird coming from me, being a Louisiana boy. Uh, Cordell Flott, out of LSU. Now Flott, I know that they needed help at corner because they didn't plan on paying uh, James Bradbury. And as I speak about this, James Bradbury is no longer on the roster. Uh, at this point, and I forgot to mention earlier, honestly, because of how James Bradbury pay- plays, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if the Cowboys were able to sign him to a contract. I know they only have like thirteen or fourteen million dollars in uh cap room, but he fits what they want to do if they decide to go in that direction. But anyway, back here to the Giants. A uh, FLOT is probably going to get more play time than he needs up front. Now I'm hoping I'm wrong on this. Again, I'm an LSU guy, LSU supporter, but FLOT has a lot of third round was way too high for him in my opinion he should have been a late day three pick you can see the talents there uh, played pretty well considering the situation that was offered to him uh, early in his career but he takes a lot of false steps he can get beat especially on double moves so in this wink martindale system i don't think that this was the proper match the only thing that made sense was that he's used to playing in a lot of man coverage scenarios so some of this is a, a learning curve that he has to go through, but I, I feel like this wasn't the place to take him, especially so early on day two. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, tight end out of San Diego State. Very similar situation. Did not exactly look at Bellinger as intently as some of the other tight ends that were here. So uh, level of familiarity that is associated with them is not high for me. What I'll say is this. They're trying to make decisions at that tight end position, especially since now we understand a couple of things. If the Buffalo Bills are any indication of how the tight end will be utilized in this game, they won't be utilized. So getting rid of Evan Ingram or letting him walk was a thing, Uh, but they have Ricky Seals Jones, who is an oversized wide receiver who's developing into a tight end. Jordan Atkins out of Houston. Uh, Both of these guys, again, Washington for Ricky Seals Jones, Houston for Atkins. Pretty much an oversized wide receiver in a lot of respects. Bellinger, if if those guys are any indication, he's probably going to be very similar in nature. But again, I don't have as much of a depth of feel on him as I would like to have. Uh, some people have him ranked high. I just didn't get to look at a lot of San Diego State uh, tape this year. So sorry, folks. Wish I could give you more in-depth, but I'm not trying to BS you out, out here. A uh, couple of picks later, they took Dame Belton, uh, safety out of Iowa. And my level of familiarity with him is as follows. I think that he can be a matchup safety. He can be a guy who can play on the back end, but he can also line up in the slot. And I think that's a kind of a requirement of a defense that's so attacking is safeties even, not just corners, will be put on an island in some scenarios where they have to cover in space. And I think that Belton offers the opportunity to be able to do that. Again, it is good when defenses or offenses, teams period, try to actually match up guys' strengths with what they look to deploy. Instead of just bringing in guys and saying, well, we can we can switch them to this, that, or the other. That's not how we want to do this. Micah McFadden was their first fifth-round pick, third in that round, out of Indiana. Did see him play a couple of times. Um, didn't legitimately like scout his tape or anything like that this year. What I will say is I saw him play. I, I, honestly, I think that he's going to end up being one of those dudes who plays a little bit like uh, Patrick Queen. Uh, just from what I saw. And what I mean by that is just kind of flies around, sometimes gets himself in trouble. That's just what I saw. Again, seeing just a couple of Indiana games and not trying to single them out, but that's just from memory. So uh, that's, in a Wink-Martindale scheme, it seems like that's the type of guy that they like for some apparent reason. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong on him. And and hopefully, I would like for them to have a guy guy who's uh, better in space and wouldn't overrun plays. And maybe that's what McFadden offers for them. DJ Davidson, defensive tackle out of Arizona State, was the next selection and the next selecting pick, the fourth pick in the fifth round. Now again, what they're looking to do is they're trying to make sure that they have some stoutness up front. So they're probably gonna bring Davidson in and whether it's you know Dexter Lawrence playing that nose because it's gonna be a 3-4 scheme uh, that has some flexibility to it. They can play kind of like an under 4-3 front uh, in some respects, uh, or whether it's Justin Ellis who they brought over from Baltimore. Um, Davidson will be backing up those guys and again very large guy one of the things that they like in that old Baltimore scheme that's coming over is a guy who can hold up well uh, against blockers come to gap and make sure that those linebackers are kept clean more than anything they're not the pressure guys they're the guys who make sure everyone stays clean so that uh, these uh, exotic blitz packages can get to the quarterback or force him into a turnover and again, I like when teams understand where their weaknesses lie and they try to attack them. The Giants have some issues on the offensive line, so they go after Marcus McKinth- McKeithen um, out of North Carolina. Again, North Carolina, another guard out of North Carolina, uh, big body guy, six foot seven, about 335 pounds. So they're going to make sure, they're going to figure out who's going to be able to play along that line. If something doesn't work out contractually with another guy and they find a diamond in the rough, um, they're going to make sure that they are well taken care of. And speaking of that, they do that with Darian Beavers, uh, a linebacker out of Cincinnati. Now, he's actually a guy who I feel like is going to end up being, and again, I've seen more Beavers because I looked at a lot of Cincinnati tape, looking at especially that secondary Uh, He flew around quite a bit, and he could shoot the gap quite well. So I think that he's actually a better pickup uh, for what this defense wants to implement. Uh, I'm not going to say he's better than McFadden, who was picked around earlier, but I'm going to say from what I'm understanding of this defense, he fits very well. So those are the selections, again, for the Giants. They ended up with 11 selections uh, in this draft. Again, I have to give them some kudos here. I think they did extremely well in the first round. I think they knocked it out of the park, home run, and you could say that's easy to do with a fifth and a seventh pick, but just go look over history. Teams make mistakes all the time in the top five, seven, ten, whatever it is. I don't think that they did this year. So good for them, kudos. I think that they addressed that offensive line, which was something that was discussed, and they made sure the interior of the defense was uh, taken care of. Which rolls me into the team that I actually have winning the division so far. And that's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who had five picks. But I think that they did an excellent job with their five picks. Um, You know, one of the moves that was made uh, in the first round by them, which can kind of be considered part of their draft experience, but not a drafted player, was the addition of A.J. Brown. That's going to be huge for their young franchise quarterback in Jalen Hurts. But in the first round, guys they actually selected, they got Jonathan Davis. sorry, Jordan Davis. My apologies uh, to Jordan Davis. Massive human, 6'6", plus, 360 pounds, plus, running a 4'7", and it was backed up on tape. Not that he got after the quarterback like that, but on plays where he had to run down running backs and it would happen. Situationally, this guy is going to be a beast. He's going to line up likely next to Fletcher Cox. I know they have Javon Hargraves as well. Jordan Davis is going to be... Playing 50% of those snaps, you know, again might not be in 70, 80, or 90% like some people want, but he's gonna mess up every play, and that's an excellent thing, especially for a defense that needed that to be better against the run. They weren't terrible against the run, but they uh, need to be better. Cam Jurgens, uh, center out of Nebraska, again strengthening things up front for their franchise quarterback, Jalen Hurts. You know, Jason Kelsey is, you know. He was drafted in 2011. So they're bringing in Juergens. You know, these guys aren't going to be here forever. These guys don't play forever. They get battered and bruised. And, you know, Juergens can fill in very well for Jason Kelsey if he ever decides to hang it up. Or if he's just not the same guy he's been for years this season. The Kobe Dean. Third round pick. 19th overall in that round. Um... You know what I thought about Nicobe Dean? I thought he was a top 15 caliber player. I like inside linebackers who are heady, don't make mistakes, and that's this young man's MO. Does not make mistakes, heady, diagnoses, plays like a champ. I mean, he's an engineering major for a reason, highly intelligent, and a hell of a football player. I think he just had a torn pec that kind of negatively impacted him. Some teams uh, didn't like that uh, medical assessment for him and didn't know how he was gonna come through that, and that affected where he got drafted. Kyron Johnson, another inside linebacker, again, that linebacker level did not get the job done last year for them. And, you know, you can say whatever you want to. I'm not st- trying to throw shade at them. By no means am I trying to throw shade. But what I am saying is this. They were not getting the job done last year, period. That's why they went out and signed Kazir White. That's why they got Hasan Reddick. They brought in people, but they also drafted to take care of that just in case uh, things don't work out with some of those guys or long-term don't work out, either or. And then Grant... Calcaterra, tight end out of SMU. Listen, they had to make some decisions last year. They had to move on. And they moved on from Zach Ertz, sent him to Arizona. Dallas Goddard is a hell of a football player and a great tight end on the field, or at least a really good tight end. But what, what else do you have at tight end? Let's go ahead and, and, and be honest and call a spade a spade. Because the NFL struggles to... Do things properly. They made Tyree Jackson, former quarterback out of Buffalo, into a damn tight end, which I think is still just absurd. And they've converted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I believe, to tight end because they draft him in the second round when they shouldn't. Have. Let's go ahead and get. Let's go ahead and call the team out for that, right? Now they bring in an actual tight end who can do some things. Now is he this guy who's gonna be that? Consistent inline guy? No. But what he's going to be is another guy that can move around, put in the slot, he can flex him out, and he is a true tight end. He's used to playing that type of role instead of guys who are trying to develop into tight ends like Ortega Whiteside, who never played it, or Tyree Jackson, who was a damn quarterback before the NFL ruined him. So I think that the Eagles knocked that out of the park, Uh, obviously with picking up A.J. Brown for one of those first-round picks, but also just in general how they drafted and what they did. They made sure that they took care of Jalen Hurts and got players that would assist him, whether it was making sure the defense is better down the middle so that they can stop teams and kind of wear them out. And so the offense is better by getting, again, backing up that offensive line. Also getting in another, another piece because apparently Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball as accurately as people would like. So you get a tight end for a young quarterback who's allegedly inaccurate. And I say allegedly because I don't believe that. I don't believe that he's inaccurate And any inaccuracy he does have, much like Josh Allen, can be fixed. And last but not least in this division, you have the Washington Commanders. Still got to get used to saying that because I think they're the football team. I still like that name. I thought it was a cold-ass name, personally. But the Commanders ended up coming up with eight selections in this year's draft. So in the first round, they addressed an area of need. We've kind of discussed this as well. Jahan Dodson, a guy with probably the best hands in this year's class, uh, was taken 16th overall out of Penn State. Again, they try to turn a guy who is not a wide receiver into a wide receiver because sometimes the NFL does things that honestly don't make sense to me. They'll say stuff like, uh, let's see, what's his name? Oh my goodness, name is slipping me, but we'll just use, uh, this is an example. They'll take a running back who has been successful all through college but because he doesn't have the height weight measurements, they'll say, well, he'll get hurt. You know what you should do? Run right until he gets hurt. But they'll wait till year three when he gets hurt, and they go, see? Well, I mean, go look at the track record of Leonard Fournette, who was hurt from year one, year two, year three. okay? and he's probably the best height, weight, speed guy that's come out in years. So sometimes you just do silly things and they turned Curtis Samuel, a running back, into a wide receiver because it just made sense in their mind. Now they go get a real wide receiver because that clearly didn't work out in Jahan Dotson. And he should fit in and slot in quite nicely. He's immediately the number two best receiver on this team, and De'Ami Brown can go to uh, a role that's kind of that number three option, while Terry McLaurin is the number one. Uh, Next up, they got Fadarian Mathis out of Alabama, uh, interior lineman. Again, they love these Alabama interior linemen, especially in the first couple of days of the draft. They're going to bring him in. He's going to assist in that rotation. Remember, Matt Ionitis, who I really liked as a football player and still do like, um, was not utilized by this team. And also, they, there's some little controversy, I don't want to call it a little, there's some back and forth about how he was treated with that organization. So if they're unable to, let's say, do what they need to do financially with uh, their interior defensive line, now they have Mathis as kind of a, an insurance policy. A little bit high for him, but at the same point in time, the talent does exist there. And there's another guy who went high from Alabama. Next pick, Brian Robinson Jr. uh, out of Alabama. Third rounder. Listen, they bring in a guy who is going to immediately be their number two running back. He's going to slot in ahead of Jonathan Williams. He's going to slot in ahead of Jared Patterson. And J.D. McKissick is literally what should... It's playing the role that should be honestly occupied by Curtis Samuel. Can run the ball, put him in the backfield, allow vision by him, don't make him running routes downfield an issue. They would have an upgrade, in my opinion, over JD McKissick if they use Curtis Samuels in that role. But again, Curtis Samuel, I don't know if he wants to be utilized like that. Anyway, Brian Robinson is going to be the number two behind Antonio Gibson. Here is the thing on this one I think this is too high for Brian Robinson and what he offered at Alabama. He is a physical runner, he is not a bad running back. He's a little stiff to me in how he runs the ball. But some reason, coaches in the NFL love a dude who's a little stiff as a runner who like to run directly into people. Here you go. So uh, whatever Antonio Gibson doesn't get done or if he's injured this year, like he was pretty much all of last year, Robinson will get the opportunity. And he's not a bad football player. He's an intelligent football player. I do think that he runs the ball effectively. But again, I feel like this was a little too high for him given the player profile. Percy Butler out of Louisiana. Now, they get a really good safety, in my opinion, here. Um, I think he closes on the ball pretty well. He's going to end up getting, forcing some play time on that team. Again, I think he's going to force some play time and take the ball out of the hands of a guy like Bobby McCain as far as getting some play time. Cameron Curl will probably still be the strong safety, but I think Percy Butler will earn some play time at that free safety position. The next pick is my favorite pick of theirs, period. That's Sam Howell. With the first pick in the fifth round, <clears throat> quarterback out of North Carolina. I like Sam Howell. I like this tape as far as he was gutty, and I feel like Sam Howell was never taught how to develop. You can almost tell that Sam Howell came out with a certain understanding of how, how to play, and it was almost like he was playing college football or Madden, and he had four plays that worked for him, so he kept doing them. And why I know that he wasn't trained as well as he could have been is because in college, unless you're Cameron Jarrell Newton, and you're doing them because no one can stop you. It's because the coach is not getting you plays that make sense. He's just giving you the same plays because of their own limitations. And you're just doing the best you can. So I feel like this is a perfect scenario for him. Go in there. Carson Wentz is the starter. Carson Wentz will eventually show Washington what he's shown to both Indianapolis and Philadelphia. Carson Wentz is not trust a trustworthy guy as your franchise quarterback, but he is an NFL caliber starter from a talent perspective. So Sam Howe gets a year to develop really get things under himself, learn how to play a little more broadly as a quarterback, and then you'll end up seeing Sam Howe as the starter, as a possibility, or worst case scenario, you have a really competent backup when you go draft your quarterback of the future next year. So I do like Sam Howe coming here, and I do like how he's gonna end up being worked into the system here, if they allow for him to be. Cole Turner, uh, tight end out of Nevada, is up next. I like this guy. They were replacing Ricky Seals Jones with a Ricky Seals Jones. Just a big body guy. He's going to end up being, uh, you know, probably a, kind of a goal line threat for that second tight end position. Um, what, six foot seven or so? So he's going to be that jump ball guy. Um, Logan Thomas is the, the true starter of tight end. But at the end of the day, as this guy continues to refine his game, uh, he can end up being a starter eventually. And don't let the fifth round tag or even seventh round tag for some of these guys fool you. There's a lot of guys who are starting the NFL that are all pros. Hell, Jason Kelsey that we just talked about in the last team was a sixth round pick and he was an all pro uh, center uh, a couple of years ago. So in the seventh round, and speaking of offensive linemen, they go with Chris Paul, not that Chris Paul, but the Chris Paul from Tulsa. So they go with an offensive guard. And you know what? They're getting a guy who's played a lot of football. And in a lot of football, I mean, he is a four-year starter. And what's going to end up happening is he can play uh, multiple positions. He's played tackle before, I believe, but he is a guard by nature, and I think he's going to slot well at guard for this team. He's not going to be a starter anytime soon. He is going to be a depth guy at this stage, but he does have the opportunity to work himself into getting play time. And then their final pick in the seventh round, 19th overall pick in the seventh round, Christian Holmes, cornerback out of Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma State, sorry folks excuse me um, they struggled in the secondary last year they struggled on the defense period last year but in the secondary especially some was due to injuries some was just due to honestly they didn't communicate well because the talent was there um, now as far as Christian Holmes not too familiar with them but at least they understood we need to address the cornerback position uh, at some point and it wasn't an area of extreme need because again I think that those things went hand in hand one side of the ball didn't play well because the other side of the ball didn't play well. So, and what I mean by that? The defensive line, which is super talented, didn't play too well. Which meant that guys like Will, William Jackson couldn't play well. Or a guy like Kendall Fuller couldn't play well. So, all right. We're going to move on to the AFC East. And the first team alphabetically that's up is the Baltimore, uh, Buffalo Bills. A team that I've heard referred to as the best team in the NFL. And I think that is wrong. No, it's wrong tell me your favorite buffalo bills super bowl uh game actually tell me your favorite moment last year from the afc championship with them they can be the most talented they can be the the highest rated team on madden but until they actually get somewhere and i mean consistently participate in the afc championship i can't say that they're the best team period it's not i mean you can you can say that all you want to but i mean you're just wrong at the end of the day sorry so a very talented team that can trend that way and by the way i don't even have them winning the division i have miami winning the division this year yell at me if you want to but how many of y'all had cincinnati winning the division last year don't worry i'll wait probably none of y'all i didn't either but what i will say is this buffalo did well in the draft this year so in the first round they treated jumped up to go get guy elam now i'm a fan of this guy remember i mocked him in the top 15 in my my first round mock draft only one done this year and it's because I like a, a long lean corner who honestly, again, can force a guy to the sideline very natural. He's not this, you know, quick twist athlete who can play in the slot, but what he is, he's is an excellent corner to force you to the boundary. Love this guy as a football player and him playing opposite of Tredavious White. This is gonna be a formidable duo once Trey White comes back completely healthy. Second round, getting James Cook out of Georgia. Too early in my opinion, yes. The profile of what they're going to utilize this player to do, I think this was an excellent pickup for what they're going to use him to do. People keep saying he's going to be the pass-catching back. No, he's going to be the running back eventually. At this stage, Devin Singletary, who honestly didn't see a tackle that he didn't want to run into and then broke it when he was in college. In the NFL, it just hasn't been the same. And to be honest, I don't know what happened to Zach Boss, but he was pretty good coming out of Utah, and he has been mediocre at best in the NFL. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's something off the field but the production on the field has not been there and then Brand Duke Johnson who is everyone's favorite move you in for a second player uh, on the roster James Cook is going to end up getting play time on this roster he might end up being the starter by season's end to be candid once he gets up to speed on everything that's going on uh, again too high in my opinion to take him I actually thought he was the second best back in that backfield with White Zaheer White Zaheer White being a better running back but James Cook is talented he's the brother of Dalvin Cook uh, so no no issue with him from the talent and fit perspective especially Terrell Bernard inside linebacker out of Baylor coming from a program that has really good uh, head coach for the defensive uh, units is going to be uh, useful and helpful for a team that likes to use athletic linebackers um, that level especially since they really deploy a system where they use virtually two linebackers, he's gonna end up being kind of that piece that's moved around. Matt Milano's played really good football since he's been there. T- Tremaine Edmonds is a beast of a human. Uh, so Terrell Bernard is probably gonna come in and he's gonna be a situational guy, especially if they go and go with a flat 4-3 with a four uh, in the secondary. They usually use more of a 4-2-5 scheme and outlook, but they do shift between the two. Uh, in this uh, particular scheme. Uh, Khalil Shakir, out of Boise State. I like this addition. They get some crafty guys that come in. And like I like the Gabe Davis addition a couple of years ago. And now he's going to end up being a starter. So Shakir is a guy who I, I, I do like the way that he plays. I think that he's going to come in and he's going to... He's not a slot guy. He's more of a Z guy to me, but he can play in a slot if necessary. I just like how he's going to fit in here, especially with a quarterback like Josh Allen. He operates really well when plays break down, and so that's going to be a useful piece. And then getting a punter uh, with a six-round pick. I don't mind taking a punter in the sixth round. You know, some teams took him in the fourth round this year. That's a little rich for me, but at the same point in time, they needed a punter. They filled a punter uh, with Matt Areza out of San Diego State. All right, getting a cornerback in Christian Benford out of Villanova didn't scout his tape. So what I'll say is just he looks like he's a bigger corner, 6'1", 200-plus pounds. Um, knowing how Buffalo likes to move people around, he might end up probably backing up a guy like Elam on that other side of the field, but he might also be used in kind of that nickel roll. They like to use a guy who's a little oversized in that nickelback roll that's kind of like a safety corner hybrid. And it's because, again, they play kind of like a 4-2-5 where that guy kind of shifts into being you don't have to take him off the field when they're in their third down third-down three wide receiver unit. You don't have to take him off the field when they're in a regular set because he can function kind of like a, a linebacker, a, a, a will linebacker. So I think that he'll probably kind of float between those roles uh, depending on what he looked like in college. I'm just using uh, the fact that he's added to this particular defense to kind of get my assessment on that. Luke Tanuda, uh, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech, is the next uh, player that they took. And this is just more for depth to make sure that they're all set and good to go. A guy like Deion Dawkins, who did have his struggles at left tackle last year. Again, uh, bringing in a guy like Tanuda, Again, did not look at him, did not scout his particular tape. Uh, but what I would say is this, usually in the seventh, sixth and seventh round, Teams like to get insurance policies, especially when they have guys who are, sometimes they take them in, in units that look strong, like their offensive line is fairly strong, but they took them because you never know if contractually you might not be able to get a deal done with someone. You might have to trade them or let them walk out the door and getting a guy who you can kind of sit on the bench and let learn the ropes of the team and then develop into that next starter is what you look to do with your sixth and seventh round picks, in my opinion. Uh, Bail inspector. Uh, out of Clemson, inside linebacker. Interesting pick up here. Um, one of those dudes that they're probably just going to throw around. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to make the roster unless he gets on, gets there via special teams. Um, but it was a seventh round pick. They took a swing on him. Comes from a good defense. Clemson, even with their struggles last year, offense still played really good defense. Uh, so Spectre could probably be helpful from there. So with these eight picks, they go and they strengthen a roster. That's probably one of the better rosters in the NFL this past season. And what I will say about this, uh, about the Bills is this. They especially, they addressed early in the draft, I should say, days one and two, they especially addressed uh, needs and areas that can help them win this division because they've won it, excuse me, two straight years. Um, But people want to act like they ran away with the division. With all due respect, people forget about this. Two years ago. They were a Cam Newton at the two-yard line uh, fumble short of losing that weekend. I'm pretty sure if they would have lost that game, they'd have been tied for the division lead. I think New England would have had the division lead. So, and then last year, I mean, it was fairly competitive. Uh, It's not like Buffalo went the 15-2 that people were predicting preseason, which I thought was asinine. I had 11-6. But, you know, Buffalo's not running away with this division. What they're doing is they're winning a division that they really should be blowing people out in now this year is going to be a little different there's more talent on the field with a lot of different teams including the next one that's up the team that based on you know my early read i had one in division that's the miami dolphins a lot of additions that were super helpful a new head coach that will bring an offensive scheme that has been that's worked in san francisco but let's see if he's able to actually make that happen in miami mike mcdaniel um and they only have four selections in this particular draft. Again, a lot of movement. They won with their draft picks early in the process by trading away picks to get a guy like uh, Tyreek Hill. You know, um, I think that was an uh, excellent move by them, bringing in an addition like that. You know, They picked up a guy like Cedric Wilson. So they won in the offseason with free agency and trades uh, before the draft even happened. So they didn't pick till the 30th pick of the third round. They get Channing Tindall. Uh, linebacker inside linebacker from georgia georgia's defense threw like seven dudes who got or eight dudes who got drafted this year including five in the first round uh this past uh draft Tyndall's super athletic runs around he flies around uh nuanced football let's see if it's able to develop you know some people were trying to comp him to uh guys that are already in the roster like a jerome baker i will go ahead and say this and you can get mad with me if you want to miami dolphins fans while he may have exceptional physical ability, Channing Tyndall, he is not Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker, at this stage of their careers, meaning when they got drafted, was a far superior football player over Tyndall. Doesn't that mean Tyndall can't become an excellent football player in the NFL. It just means at this stage, Tyndall's way of playing and understanding for me watching the film versus when I saw Jerome Baker, it's not close, it's night and day, okay? Uh, so, Tindall, a good pickup for a team that did not really need an inside linebacker. They have a decent amount of depth uh, for, at that position right now, uh, but they bring him in with the hopes that he can develop into something uh, and someone who can be very uh, useful in the NFL. Their next pick, Eric Uzukama, uh, wide receiver out of Texas Tech. No bigger body guy, 6'2", 200 plus pounds. Solid speed. Um... He's probably going to be used as kind of a vertical threat. But there's some guys that are already on the roster that I like a little bit more. Like, obviously, the starters is going to be Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Cedric Wilson will probably slot in at the slot corner, a slot receiver, I should say. But I still like Limbaugh Jr. If they can figure out what they want to do with him. I really do. Uh, Preston Williams. I like Preston Williams more as an exterior receiver backup uh, than I do. Uh, this young man, but that does not mean that he can't play football and that he could be helpful in this offense. Again, they're trying to figure out guys that are going to work for them with this new offense scheme. Alright, and then two picks in the seventh round. Cameron Good out of California. So out of Cal, excuse me, they bring in an outside linebacker. Again, they're trying to get that that outside linebacker level good, uh, get after the quarterback. Um, Did not look at his tape, so can't give you more depth of field and again seventh round pick that's not a guy who can't play football by the way folks and i hate when people say that but they are usually guys that you take a little more of a swing on a guy like you may take a guy in the seventh round if you don't need to have them play immediately you may take someone who you feel like their traits fit what you want so you can develop them into someone some teams that don't have enough depth they'll take guys that need to contribute immediately this is not a guy that needs to contribute immediately they're looking to make him fill in and then one of my favorite picks, and it's actually super interesting, Skylar Thompson, our Kansas State quarterback. He was the 26th pick in the seventh round. Now, I will go ahead and say this and get it over with. I am technically a Tua apologist because I've tried to look at this logically. Tua, who was a good college quarterback, a really good college quarterback, gets hurt, goes through a catastrophic injury for a quarterback. Okay? Didn't look right, looked Tentative, You know, same thing happened to Marcus Mariota, where when he broke his leg, never the same dude afterwards. And Tua started to show some flashes last year. But maybe is not going to be the guy that I expect him to be. And this offensive scheme, what I'll say is this. If you want a guy who can hit a receiver in stride consistently, especially on underneath passes when there is less room or over the top when guys are schemed wide open, perfect. is a better version of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's my assessment. You can tell me I'm wrong, and that's fine. Honestly, maybe I am, but I don't feel that I am. Not in this particular scenario, but again, maybe I am. Uh, so, I think he'll do better than Jimmy Garoppolo did in that offense, and it's got to the Super Bowl <laughs> for, uh, at the end of the day. But, if you want a guy who really fits into the offense, and that's why San Francisco when it got a Trey Lance, Skylar Thompson is a guy who fits into this offense with his... Uh, not it's not exceptional mobility but he's got really good mobility he's got the arm strength to make those throws and i think he from a scheme relation standpoint fits better in this offense than tua does there's no quarterback controversy but Skylar thompson is someone that should be looked at and should be taken uh seriously uh in this particular situation yeah teddy bridgewater is on the roster as well i think that they could carry three three quarterbacks I really think they could carry three quarterbacks on this roster knowing that both Bridgewater and Tua have had injury issues so carrying three quarterbacks is something that they could do on a weekly basis and Thompson can make this roster all right next team up and again well with Miami again limited picks I think they did their damage during the free agency period and also with trades prior to the draft so I think that they did a They took some swings in the draft because they could, and their last pick might end up being their most meaningful pick long-term. The next team that's up is the New England Patriots, and this was the most head-scratching of teams from a draft perspective uh, this year. I don't think they had a bad draft. I hate saying teams have a bad draft, especially if they achieve what they wanted to achieve and needed to achieve. So let's go ahead and look pick by pick. First round pick, everyone's kind of throwing their hands up and all that stuff. Especially with the whole, uh, you know, Leslie, Sean McVay clip where they thought they could get Cole Strange in third round. Uh, But Cole Strange goes 29th overall pick in the first round to uh, the New England Patriots out of Chattanooga. You know, he's going to slot in, probably be the starter at right right tackle. I'm sorry, right guard. Um, At the end of the day, Cole Strange going in the first round, especially late first round, is not an egregious pick to me. He could have gone in a fourth round, early fourth round. That wouldn't have been egregious either. He could float between those ranges. New England want to make sure that they got the guy that they wanted that fit well. And I think Cole Strange will fit well into what they're looking to do. He's got to be a solid run blocker. Uh, and, uh, and working in that scheme, I think that he can look better than he did even in college on tape. Tyquan Thornton. This was an interesting pick because Thornton, to me, is not a second-round round wide receiver. Why is he not a second-round wide receiver? He is... You want, no one want to comp Taquan Thornton to, and I feel like this is a good comp. I comp him to McCole Hardman. See, McCole Hardman, when he was at Georgia, in my opinion, was never that guy. And Taquan Thornton, when he's at Baylor, was never that guy. But when you get him on the, the track or test him, you know, 4 2 8, four, 4 3 2, they're fast as hell. But to me, in the second round, if I'm taking a guy that's fast as hell, I need some level of production. Like, I never saw either of these guys. Not You don't have to take over every game. Like, Jalen Waddle is an example. Jalen Waddle was fast as hell and looked like he wasn't that kind of guy. But there were things where you looked at him, he'd catch a punt, and you're like, what the hell just happened? I never saw that on Thorne. I never saw that on Nicole Hartman. And we've seen now year four, Nicole Hartman's not looking like that guy. And I feel like in the second round, New England, unless they're just going to use this dude to run go balls and flies the whole time, isn't that guy. But, I like the next pick, Marcus Jones, out of Houston. I like this pick. Yo, to me, this dude should be a starter. Like, Jonathan Jones should be the right cornerback. Jalen Mills should play left corner. And then you should have Marcus Jones slotted in in the slot. I would not start Malcolm Butler. That's another story for another day. Uh, but Marcus Jones should be the starting a slot corner from day one. Dude's a hell of a corner. His biggest issue is that he is 5'8", 175 pounds. That's it, that's the only issue he has. Excellent speed, you can see the speed on tape, and he's a hell of a return man. He can develop into an all pro caliber corner, and I'm not making a joke here. Like, I'm I'm not, this is not me being hyperbolic. That's how good of a cornerback I feel he is. He just doesn't have the requisite size to be a lockdown corner, but he can be a Pro Bowl caliber or all pro caliber corner slash return man, because of how well he'll operate in the slot he'll make life hell for a quarterback like a zach wilson who's going to look to utilize those slot receivers and he'll make his life hell and he gets to play him twice a year or even a tua less so a josh allen uh who who can uh, vertically challenge you more um fourth round jack jones a cornerback out of arizona state look they needed to go and get another corner. They, they have to. They have to fill in that position because again, they're looking at Malcolm Butler to, to have significant playtime this year. Malcolm Butler should not have significant playtime on anyone's roster this year. That's just my opinion. Not a team that wants to compete. He's going back there because he's familiar. And that's good for him. Go get another contract, go get some money, but he's not a guy for a team that's looking to compete to truly be a team that wants to be a, go deep in the playoffs. All right, running back Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State. I like Pierre Strong's speed. That dude is a runner. But here's the funny part. I don't think he fits what they want to do. They're, they're he, he can't be a one-cut guy and all this and all that. I feel like New England's just been drafting the same dude that, like, you know, five 5'10", 216 pounds, that runs directly into people. You know, getting Damian Harris and then reminder of Stevenson. Uh, Pierre Strong's not that guy. So maybe they got, you know, change of pace back. But... I don't mind him being taken here in the fourth round. I just thought it was an interesting one considering what they've been drafting at at, uh, running back. And then the, the last pick they had in the fourth round, they had three fourth round picks. 32nd pick in the fourth round, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. Look here, man. I don't understand this at all. At all. Not in the fourth round. I know that they need to get depth because they have Brian Horry right now as their their backup quarterback. But get the hell out of here. And that's, this isn't, if someone else took Bailey Zappi in the fourth round, completely justifiable. If the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took him in the fourth round, completely justifiable. Because at this stage, the way things are looking, Bailey Zappi might end up being better than Kyle Trask. But what I'll say is this. You just took a quarterback in the first round last year. One that didn't have injury concerns. I don't understand by any means why you would bring in Bailey Zappi in the fourth round when you have holes on your team to address. So, head scratcher for me, but at the same point in time, you know what? What are you going to do? And then New England goes back to being New England. They take Kevin Harris, uh, running back out of South Carolina. Um, you know, he's had some injury concerns in the past, but again, you know, and he had a hell of a game uh, against North Carolina, a bowl game. But now they get a guy that makes a little bit more sense for what they look to do. They get a dude who is, what did I say earlier? 5'10", like 220 pounds or so. It just runs into people. Now, he had a hell of a game in the bowl game against uh, uh, North Carolina. But, you know, he's had injury concerns. I think he had a back injury uh, at one point. So they look to load that uh, backfield up, get a bunch of guys. And, you know... I don't have a problem with them taking a swing at a guy that fits what they generally do in the sixth round. Sam Roberts, a uh, defensive lineman out of Northwest Missouri State, was the next selection. And again, we like Bill Belichick loves getting defensive linemen that honestly don't look like they fit in anywhere. He takes defensive ends that, that are straight like defensive uh, tackles. He takes uh, defensive tackles that might be shaped like defensive ends more uh, traditionally he puts them all over the place so there's another guy to add in there um didn't really look into him but he he's got the classic style body style of uh you know a five technique you know he about six five six foot five and a half uh just a shade under uh 300 pounds depending on where you look uh some places got him listed at 297 some places got him listed at 294 292 and some other places um so he's probably gonna fit in, slot in. New England's gonna end up doing a good job with it. Do they got a sixth round out of a, a smaller school in the middle of the country? Up next, Jason Hines, offensive guard out of LSU. You know, <laughs> so everyone's talking about the Cole Strange pick, and Jason Hines' pick is uh, very interesting as well. LSU, honestly. Everything was all messed up for the last year and a half. To be honest, it was so messed up for the last year and a half. Um, I didn't get to see, I, I didn't focus on Jason Hines, to be honest, when I was looking at LSU because I was looking at a bunch of other players. Um, so I can't say whether it was a good pick or a bad pick. I usually defer to this team more than a lot of other teams when it comes to offensive linemen because they've done an exceptional job taking fifth, sixth, and seventh round with guys. And making them look either above average or good. And they've been starters. And that's the thing that I give them credit on. They go find their guy. So that's why I'm not going to negatively judge this. And then the last pick, Andrew Stuber, out of Michigan. Now, I did look at him. Yes, he is a solid run blocker. He's a pretty good run blocker. Uh, but him going here made a lot of sense. He's not overly athletic. Um, he'll probably be more of a fill guy than anything. Uh, he's going to play... Tackle and guard, depending on kind of where they're going to slot him. Um, so that's the the whole scenario on him, and he is kind of a New England guy in my opinion. So New England, I said it was a head scratching draft, and it's not a head scratching draft because of the Cole Strange pick. I actually think that's a good pick for them. Uh, they knew that they needed some interior offensive line help, especially since they have a quarterback that's not mobile. Um, so they went in and addressed that with three guys who will probably end up playing some semblance of guard um, and have some flexibility to play tackle if necessary. Um, the head scratching was the ba- Bailey Zappi pick. And then the Taequann Thorn pick was just an overdraft for a guy that honestly is just fast on the track. It didn't translate on film. All right. And then last and yes, I don't want to say least, but last place, I should say, uh, in this particular division, we're going to have the New York Jets. Now the New York Jets are a very interesting team. You know, it took Zach Wilson last year. We know my opinion on that. I think Zach Wilson's a good good young quarterback. I think that he needed to sit down, and he got better after he sat his little tail down and realized you don't need to be Patrick Mahomes because you are not Patrick Mahomes. You are not Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it'll be someday, but me personally, I doubt it. What I'll say is he got better, and when young people improve, good for them. Now, they didn't have a lot of picks because they moved around in this draft, but I was impressed with what, new, what the New uh, York— Giant uh, New York Jets did. Sorry about that, folks. Um, they ended up having seven picks in this draft. Let's just kind of go over them. They had three first-round picks. Uh, with their first uh, first-round pick, the fourth overall, they took uh, Saz Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati. He's going to fit extremely well in this scheme that Robert Sala is going to implement. He's an immediate day-one starter. His personality and matches the city. I thought it was an excellent pick after Derek Stingley Jr. fell off the board the pick before. 10th pick in the uh, first round. Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Uh, second receiver taken. Listen, Garrett Wilson's a, a really good football player. In fact, him going anywhere outside of the, of the first round would have been egregious. Some people had him as the number one receiver. I did not. He's the immediate starter opposite of Corey Davis with Elijah Moore probably being in the slot. Um, I think he's going to fit really well, and he gives options now Corey Davis to slide to the, the excuse me to more of a, a Z receiver. Uh, Wilson fills that X role and then you have Elijah Moore in the slot and I think that'll give Zach Wilson the opportunity to be the best version of him this early in his career and then they've traded back into the first round to get Jermaine Johnson uh, the 26th pick of the first round out of Florida State immediate starter uh, I think he's going to be the immediate starter at the uh, left uh, defensive end position Carl Austin is the right defensive end in my opinion and then yes they have some other guys that are on the roster that could possibly start, you know, right? huff Huff, uh, John Franker, Franklin Myers. But I think that this guy's gonna end up being the starter uh, once everything's all said and done. Even if it's not the de facto first game starter, by game three, he's gonna be playing more downs than any uh, anyone other than Carl Lawson. And then, you know, getting Brees Hall in the second round. Excellent pick, he's gonna be the starting running back. I like Michael Carter, but it spells doom for Michael Carter's playtime to have this guy on the roster Um, because he's going to be the starter. He is, at this stage, a better fit for what they're looking to do. Jeremy Rucker in the third round with the 37th pick. end out of Ohio State. You know, they made some trades happen because they weren't getting the... uh, They traded away some guys last year, including traded away uh, Herndon, Chris Herndon, because they needed to get, you know, rid of him last year. They took in CJ Uzama. I think that he's going to be competing with Uzama for playtime, and I like Jeremy Rucker, especially since he can attach the line. Max Mitchell off the tackle out of Louisiana another guy is going to come in and I think that he'll eventually be their left tackle uh, since right now it's George Fant who is playing at the left tackle although I would actually flip it put him on the right side put Makai in on the left side to be honest and then last but but not least Michael Clemens defensive end out of Texas A&M I like the addition I like a guy who's active that gets after the quarterback and that is Clemens out of Texas A&M 12th pick in the 4th round Alright folks, ran a little long this week, but try to get as much information in as possible. And by the way, just saying the Jets knocked the ball out of the park. One of the best drafts. Uh, good for them now. The, dra- the, the the issue with the Jets has not been drafting as much as it's been making the talent function so let's see if that happens. Alright folks, that's the end of the show. For those again who don't have my handle Twitter's the best place to follow my football related content. That's at CJFlorida9. That's at CJ. The entire state of Florida spelled out in the number 9. I um, hope I've addressed your team the next show will be about the last two divisions and that will be the NFC and AFC North until then take care and have a good rest of your day